Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. If you've got your Bibles with you, if you would turn to Matthew 9, this is the harvest. If you're listening on the podcast, what we did was we took last week's down and we're going to just make it one podcast. I'm going to give you a little bit of a recap of some of the things we discussed last week, and we're just going to do one podcast with this week and last week together. So all the information will be in this podcast that's up, and, uh, and so you'll, you'll catch that. But Matthew 9, verse 35 to 38, we discussed this last week. Again, the harvest, this is part two. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And we said this last week that Jesus not only went out and spread the good news of, of, of who he was and who God is, but he, he carried an authority. There was a power and he demonstrated that. And that was the greatest form of evangelism was the action of what Jesus demonstrated, not necessarily just the words that he spoke. I want to say this, there could be power in your words, but when you can carry the power of Holy Spirit and demonstrate signs, wonders, and miracles by praying over somebody with a need or, or just whatever it might be that's going on, that ministry moment that you should always be looking for, that God wants to do. Because remember, Holy Spirit is not a lake. It's not confined just for you. It should be flowing through you, rivers flowing through you. So we carry this out, right, beyond the four walls of this room, we carry it out into our community and the sphere of influence that God has given each of us, which by the way is different. You have a sphere that I don't have. I have a sphere that you don't have. And that's why we are uniquely created in his image to do what he destined and called for us. So take note, Jesus carried the power out into the crowds. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Guys, I am asking the Lord to increase compassion. I'm asking God to give us his heart, which is that we notice the needs of the person in front of us. The waitress, the waiter, the person at the coffee shop, wherever we might be, the business that we go into, wherever it is that we are interacting, and we're all interacting with people all the time, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert or whatever your temperament, God destined you as a mouthpiece. Doesn't matter what your temperament, you're a mouthpiece. So he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless and like sheep without a shepherd. And then he, this is Jesus talking, said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We have a worker shortage. Said it last week, and I'll say it again, that any business owner will tell you there's, there's, we got a, we got a worker shortage. We, we need workers, quality workers. How do we get quality workers in the house of God? It's through discipleship. Get involved in a connect group. And discipleship is not something just for you, but it's something you should be doing as you are discipled and you grow in the benefits of understanding the revelation of who God is and what he requires of you. You gain his heart and you begin to spread this to others. I know a dead church when there's no action of evangelism happening. 
I know a life-filled church when there's a church that cannot stop talking about the goodness of God and bringing people into the house of God. I'll say it again, bringing people into the house of God. You're in one right now called Hope Covenant. He says this in verse 38, Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. And this has been my prayer this year. God, send some, some workers into Hope Covenant. Send some workers. You might be praying for some workers in your business. You might be praying over, over your situation saying, God, I need, I need some help. If you've got a business, pray for some godly workers. That'll fix all your issues right there. I just need a few godly workers who understand and have conviction because then I don't have to, I don't have to work to impart this. They have it. It just comes ready-made. They'll hire you some Christian employees that have a work ethic, that understand the harvest. And watch what God does in the middle of your situation. Maybe that'll fix your situation right there. That's a word for somebody. But I want to look at this great commission. The great commission is mentioned five different times in Scripture. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then it's mentioned in Acts. So there's five different scriptures, and this is an amazing miracle. It's all five of Matthew, well, all four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They all share the same account of this great commission that Jesus gave. There's different things, different perspectives they have, as I would share a story probably different than you if we watched the same event take place. But it's amazing that they are saying the same exact identical thing that Jesus commissioned them with. That in and of itself is a miracle. How many times have you known four different people to share different accounts, but it's the exact same thing, right? So that's a miracle in and of itself. But the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, I'm reading this out of the Passion Translation because I just like how it says it. This is Matthew. Then Jesus came close to them and said, all authority of the universe has been given to me. Now, wherever you go, Wherever you go, I'm going to pause right there. Wherever you go, wherever you go, make disciples. We don't just want converts. Make disciples. What is disciple? Equipping. Make disciples. Make equippers. You know, the purpose of, of what I'm supposed to be doing is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's what, that's what I do on Sunday mornings. That you would go out and make disciples. Every person here is the disciple. When you surrender to the Lord, you immediately take on this commission. So go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to faithfully follow all that I've commanded. And never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of the age. So we don't do this without the power of Holy Spirit. We No, do this every day with me to the completion of the age. So I ask God every morning in my time of devotion with the Lord that he would be with me and equip me for those that I will encounter that desperately need a demonstration of the power of God to know that he's real, that it would transform them. And I want to get rid of this religious thought that a miracle can't happen for somebody that doesn't know the Lord. Absolutely not. That's thinking, thinking, get rid of it. No, Jesus went and performed miracles and because of the power that he carried, they came to him. That was the attraction. 
Which is why I am desperate for a Holy Spirit filled church that carries the power of God. That will be the attraction. That will be the life that will attract them. Can I get an amen from anybody who's life filled this morning? Guys have me yelling. That was Matthew's account. Now look at Mark 16, verse 14 to 18, again out of the Passion Translation. Then Jesus appeared before the 11 apostles as they were eating a meal. You know that's right. (laughs) Just saying, you know. I just had Angela come up to me and say, you know, we're we're here and I'm going to be cooking meals and inviting people over. We're going to blow the wall. She got me so fired up just now. I just want you to know that. Well, guys, we need more cooks in this church. Can I get an amen? An amen. Come on now. I'll probably experience the power of the first bite. We need to come over and make sure this is Holy Ghost, but I believe it is. I know, I know you got it going on. Because you were talking like this, and I got really encouraged. I was like, yeah, baby, that means there's garlic involved. This is Italian for garlic clove. <laughs> Woo! Felt the Lord. Guys, we can have fun, right? What just happened to my notes? Go back. Mark 16, verse 14 to 18. Then Jesus appeared before the 11 disciples as they were eating a meal. He corrected them for having such hard, unbelieving hearts because they did not believe those who saw him after his resurrection. So he invited them over for a nice meal and then he corrected them. By the way, that's that's how Jesus, I want to say this. Never try to correct somebody without the equity. Jesus did it. Here's some food. Let's chat. Have a nice conversation. Oh, by the way. Right? So there's that relational. He gives us a whole lesson right here on how to disciple. And he said to them, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. We just heard that, right? That Matthew just said that. Now Mark is saying it. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. Now, right here, if you have a heart of compassion, that means you want to reach every person you possibly can because you know they'll be condemned if you don't open your mouth. To whom much is given, much is required. Guys, if you are saved and you are a lover of Jesus, you have got to spread the good news of the gospel to everybody you possibly can. And I believe that we're in the last seconds. I believe it with all my heart. No man knows the day or the hour of his return, but what I know is I'm going to do everything I can to share this with as many people as I possibly can. Okay, Christianity is a verb. It's an action. Get busy. He said, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human, human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. doesn't say might. It says they will accompany so here's my task that i'm tasking you with today as your pastor if you're not seeing miracle signs and wonders start stepping out and praying by faith and ask god to do some things through you the miracle may be that you instill hope in somebody the miracle may be that you encourage somebody the miracle may be that they saw the joy of the lord on your life when you're going through things right zandra That's an amazing testimony when you're going through some crud and you carry the joy of the Lord. That in and of itself can get somebody and bring them into the kingdom of God going, I want that. I don't know how you're doing that. You go, I'm not. It's the joy of the Lord that's my strength. Right? 
My joy, which my happiness, because I can't, just the joy of the Lord, my happiness can't last through five minutes. Forget the whole day. But when I have the joy of the Lord, it's not circumstantial. Doesn't matter. So these miracle signs and wonders accompany those who believe they will drive out demons in my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. They will lay hands, they will, not they might, they will. When was the last time you laid hands on somebody who was sick and saw them recover? It says here that you will do that. I'm going to turn up the heat a little bit more on this. Let's look now to Luke. Guys, it's time to bring walking in authority and the power of the Holy Spirit back to the church. I am so tired of church production. I'm so tired of everything looking perfect. And we come and we, we expect even perfect people to walk through the doors. Guys, I want the, the messy in this church. I want the messy in this church. That's why sometimes when we mess up the intro of a song, we'll just stop and start it over again. Who cares? The kingdom of God is not rocked by a bad note. Brennan is like, thank you, Jesus. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, Jesus. But I believe that this year of 2024, we're going to call some dead things back to life. I believe that's what this year is about. I believe that before we see an outpouring, we're going to see the remnant refreshed and awakened again and convicted that the church, the core, the foundation, that God would begin to shake everything that can be shaken. Hand me of you, God's shaking everything that could be shaken in your life right now. I got my hand up. He's shaking everything. I think he's got me upside down by the toes. Shaking everything that can be shaken. If you're in an uncomfortable place, you can know that you're in the right place. You go, but this doesn't feel good. You know, but it is good. Sometimes the things that don't feel good are good. And sometimes the things that feel good are not good. Mark 16, verse 20. And the apostles went out announcing the good news everywhere as the Lord himself consistently worked with them, validating the message they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. Did you read the word validated? The best way to validate the kingdom of God is demonstrate his power. We don't have enough validating going on in the church. Because who can ascend the hill of the Lord, him and her with clean hands and a pure heart? It's hard to lay hands and see the sick healed when you're in pornography. It's hard when your Netflix is more than your Bible time. Yeah, I'm the pastor that says this stuff. I'm sorry. It's, it's hard when you, and, and then you ask the Lord, okay, Lord, I serve, you pray that dangerous prayer. And all of a sudden exposure happens and you go, what is going on? You asked for the power of God. You asked him to shake everything that could be shaken, and he did it. You got your miracle right there. You're going, God, I didn't expect it to look like this. I didn't expect it to be that painful. Can I tell you there's more exposure coming to the church this year than you've ever seen in your life? God is exposing ministers that aren't walking with the Lord. You're watching it. You hear it almost every, you hear it all the time. 
I believe that the Lord is done. There's no more, we're not tolerating sin. Enough is enough. I love it. Luke 24, this is the third account right here. Luke says, then he, this is Jesus talking, said to them, don't you remember the words that I spoke to you when I was still with you? I told you that I would fulfill everything written about me. Scripture, his promises, I'll fulfill it all including the prophecies from the law of Moses through the Psalms in the writings of the prophets. He supernaturally unlocked their understanding to receive the revelation of scriptures. I want to pause right here. This year, God is going to supernaturally unlock some understanding. Get ready for the revelation of the Lord to come in like a flood, even what you're walking through. Get ready for the unlocking, the revelation, which comes from the marinating in his presence. God is going to unlock some understanding for some of you. Oh, that's why I'm going through this. Oh, that's why you held out till now. Oh, okay. Woo. Because his ways are better, right? We need this so bad to happen to folks in this generation. He said to them, everything that has happened fulfills what scripture has prophesied of me. The Messiah was destined to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Now you must, not an option, you must go into all the nations and preach repentance. Ooh, we got to bring repentance back to church. Because it's not a dirty word, it's a beautiful word. You cannot have freedom without repentance. So we need repentance so we can have freedom. Go into all the nations and preach repentance and forgiveness of sins so that they will turn to me. Start right here in Jerusalem. What does that mean when we preach repentance? It means we're not afraid to tell the person that we get close to that's a homosexual that homosexuality is a sin. Well, are you saying that Jesus doesn't love me? No, Jesus does love you. It's the sin he hates. He loves you. It's your lifestyle. Oh, well, I don't know about that. I don't know. Listen, there's nothing politically correct about Scripture. Nothing. Which is why politically correctness is the great deception that's coming to the church. I won't have it here. Because deception is the beginning of the end. For you are my witnesses. And have seen for yourselves all that has transpired. I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. So stay here in the city until you are clothed with mighty power of heaven. He told them, y'all don't go anywhere until you got the power. Can I tell you, don't leave your house without the power. Jesus just said it. Stay right here. Don't move until you have the power. Don't move until you're prepared to demonstrate the power of God through your life. But you can't give what you don't have. So get into his presence and ask him for it and watch what he does. And by the way, it's going to mean you stepping, you evangelizing is going to mean you stepping out. But when you do it, it's like when I prophesy, I start speaking to Xander, I start speaking to Kevin or any one of you in this room. If y'all don't think I'm scared to death when I do that every single time, you have no idea. Many times I'm arguing with God behind the keyboard. You really want me to say that? You really want me to do that? And he goes, I really don't need to clarify. You really know what you're supposed to do because I really spoke. 
But you have to step out. And delayed obedience is disobedience. So when God says that that settles it, do it. You go, what if I have a miss? Then you have a miss. You're not perfect. You just demonstrated that you're not God. You've got to get, listen, the Lord will deal with your pride in those moments. So that was Luke. Now let's look to John. This is the fourth account. And I'm almost done. That evening, the disciples gathered together. And because they were afraid of reprisals or retaliation from the Jewish leaders, they had locked the doors. But suddenly Jesus appeared among them and said, peace to you. And guys, this year, I want to tell you, I believe the Lord has commissioned me to say peace to each one of you this year. Part of the issue of why you haven't been carrying authority is because you haven't been at peace. And if you're not at peace, you're not in his presence. Because in his presence is peace. Some of y'all say, well, I've been in his presence, but I still, well, listen, if that's the case, then you need to turn to repentance and ask God what it is that's blocking you from a position of peace. I've asked the Lord many times when I get into his presence and I don't feel peace, Lord, what are you trying to show me that's not right? And it's, it's always, always with me. And he does it out of love because it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. But he lovingly and graciously will show me some things every time. And that is the unlocking of revelation that happens when you're in his presence. It's wonderful. So that evening, they, they, they gathered. He says, peace. And then he showed them the wounds of his hands and, and of his side. And they were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. Man, I'm going to be overjoyed to see the Lord with my own eyes. How many of y'all have family that are with the Lord right now that have seen the Lord with their own eyes? They had their miracle. I can't wait for that miracle. I can't wait to see the Lord with my own eyes. Jesus repeated his greeting and he said to them again, peace to you. And he told them, just as the father has sent me, I'm sending you, I'm commissioning you now. I hope this morning you hear that God is sending you and commissioning you now, not tomorrow, now. You walk out these swinging saloon doors that we specially had made for you. Kind of push you out the door, hit you in the back. There's a special doors that we have. We're never getting rid of them. I love them. They're sending you out now. Spring loaded. (laughs) Come back, Jesus. (laughs) Taking a deep breath, he blew on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. I don't mean this literally, but some of you need to start blowing on people. Have a tic-tac first. (laughs) But some of y'all need to start breathing the life flow of God. It's, it's, I'm giving you a picture. It's not literal. But you need to start to begin to blow on people the breath of God. If your life is not blowing the breath of God, you're missing it. I'm deeply convicted by this. I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins. And people's sins will be forgiven. But if you don't proclaim the forgiveness of their sins, they will remain guilty, says it again. We've read this a couple times now. In other words, does does this mess you up at all? Do you have compassion? If it doesn't mess you up, you don't have compassion. 
Do you have compassion? Is this messing you up? And then lastly, Acts. I've got two more scriptures, but this last passage that refers to the Great Commission, Acts 1, verses 4 to 8, and this is actually, to me, the most important. Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift that I've told you about, until this power, until you possess this. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Guys, I need a church that's baptized in the Holy Ghost. That you carry the power of the Holy Ghost. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit here in this church. That you carry, you're, you're, you're saved, you're baptized in water, you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. Every time they gathered, they asked Jesus, Lord, is now the time for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Lord, when are you coming back? When are you doing it? How many of you are asking God that question? Like, Lord, when are you coming back? Well, here's what he says. So stop asking me. <laughs> he says, he answered, the father is the one who sets the fixed dates and times of their, of, the, of their fulfillment. You're not permitted to know this. So if you ever hear a man of God tell you the date, you're not permitted to know that. That's fake news. You could tell him that. No, that's not what scripture says. That's fake news. You don't know. You don't know. You are not permitted to know the timing, but be prepared. I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Guys, I promise you this. This is Jesus talking. The Holy Spirit will come upon you when you ask him. And you will be seized with power. Not you might be, you will be. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you know it because the power follows. You will be messengers to Jerusalem. You'll be messengers to Huntersville. You'll be messengers to Denver. You'll be messengers to Concord. You'll be messengers to Charlotte. Through Judea, through the distant provinces, even to the most remote places on earth, which is why this year, and I'm going to launch, I'm setting this all up. This is all a commercial for next week when I talk about vision. Part of our vision is local and foreign missions. We're going to go into the remote places as a church. I can't wait to go on missions trips with y'all. I'm going. I'm, I did not pastor our church to be here every Sunday. We have a pastoral staff that can handle it. We're going. How many of you are ready to go? Like, let's do this. Yeah, where can we go? Start planning it. And this is my, my, my last verse right here, John 14, 12. And I want you, if you remember any of them, to remember this one. John 14, 12. Out of the Passion Translation, I tell you this timeless truth. There's revelation in that right there. Timeless truth. What does that mean? It was applicable then, it's applicable now. Correct. Timeless. Correct. I tell you this truth that is good now, it's good later. For all of age, this is a timeless truth. That's what timeless means. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same and mighty miracles that I do. In fact, check this out, even greater miracles than these because I go to be with the Father. What is, that, what is he saying? What is Jesus saying? And here's how you know it's true for you today. He just said it there. I'm going, peace out. I'm going back to be with my Father. He ascends to heaven. And he says, I'm going to tell you this, timely, this timeless truth. And timely, the person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same miracles that I just did. By the way, that's you because it's timeless. And you'll not only do those, but you'll even do greater. 
Are we seeing greater miracles than Jesus in church right now? We've got work to do. I've got to see those greater miracles happen. I cannot wait for the day where I get called to go to the hospital because some kid just died. And we pray and we see life breathed into that person. You see, that's freakish. Yes, it is. The supernatural signs that make you wonder. I'm not seeing enough of those right now in church. But do you believe? Father, help my unbelief. So I'm going to tell you a little story, and we're going to wrap up, and we're going to pray. And anybody who needs prayer can come to the front, and our pastoral staff is equipped and and ready and prepared and baptized in the Holy Ghost and ready to go. When I was 16, and many of you know this story, so it's repeat, but this part of it is, is not. I had a knock on the door. My parents were already at the hospital. My brother had passed. I had no idea. I was informed that my brother had just gone to be with the Lord. I rejected the information. I was told to get in the car. We're going to the hospital. Went to the hospital, and there's all kinds of prayer and intercession going on, and you know, they're, they're laying hands on him and praying, you know, oh, Lord, bring him back, bring him back, bring him back. And, of course, if you saw heaven, you wouldn't want to come back either. So, you know, he was like, deuces, I'm, I'm gone. It's funny now because I see the kingdom perspective of what was taking place. We don't know the ways of God, right? We discover that through the outcome of what God allows or doesn't allow. And when we don't see people healed, sometimes we don't understand the healing looks different and God has his way because our days are numbered and ordered of the Lord, not by us. It stinks for us, but it's wonderful for them, right? But what the Lord did in me at first, I I went through a short season where I really resented and it was a bit freaked out about the whole thing. It was a little weird. And the Lord said, it, it's weird that that's weird to you that my power couldn't come and, and what would happen if? And I, I really struggled like, Lord, what are you trying to say? And I recognized that in that moment, there was a preparation happening for what God wants to do in and through me that I know I will see. I know it for a fact that I'm gonna see some supernatural signs and wonders. But the Lord had to fix my unbelief And that season of preparation, and many of you are in a season of preparation right now where God's trying to fix this unbelief to where you don't just expect, but you know that you know, right? Paul says that. Like, I'm fully convinced God can do this. So my question to you this morning is, if you're not fulfilling the Great Commission, is it because you're not fully convinced? By the way, that's not in my message notes. That's revelation that's coming from right now. I believe that the church in America has an issue where they're not fully convinced because we've been so dead and so perverted and involved in sin that we have no clarity and we have no power because there isn't clean hands and a pure heart and a preparation. We only worship on Sundays. And that's why we're powerless. What does it mean to really see the harvest? It means you press into God and you surrender even the things that you don't understand or the preconceived ideas that you have that God wants to fix. 
we're all going to get to heaven and find out how much of our theology is wrong, not how much of it's right. And God is breaking me down right now going, that's theologically incorrect. That's not the way I see this. One of the theologies that God's breaking me about is the way I expect people to look or what I expect people to do. And God says, that's not an expectation I placed on them. It's you. Are you broken for the person that gives you absolutely zero benefit? Are you willing to sow the seed even if you don't see them come to the Lord, but you sowed the seed and somebody else reaps the harvest? Are you laying your life down fully for the cause of Christ? The answer for me is absolutely not. And I pastor a church. But God is dealing with the religious perspective, the perverted perspective. That's really what that means in its simplest form of what he never required or expected or invented anyway. That's just my preconceived idea of what he's gonna do. One of them is revival. Can I tell you, I firmly believe that the next revival that's gonna happen isn't necessarily gonna, it'll happen with the church, but I don't think it's gonna happen in the church. I think it's gonna be a harvest that goes out of the four walls of the church onto the streets. You know, the problem right now with the church is that it's all about paid pastors. I think God's gonna tear that down economically as things get challenging. If you weren't to make a dollar, pastor, would you serve the Lord? I'm just saying. The answer for me is yes, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We've turned church into a business and God's breaking it down right now and making sure he's the business that we're really about. I'm preaching better than y'all are, amen, but that's okay. If you feel the power of God, if you're ready for the power of God, would you stand to your feet? Let's just lift our hands. Lord, we're asking you. We're asking you. Deeply deal with the unbelief that's in our heart and stir up the expectation and the anticipation for what you can do in and through us. Lord, we repent for everything that's not right in our lives. And we ask you to come and write that right now through this repentance. Lord, the things that we've looked at, the things that we've said, the things that we've gossiped about, the things that we've even not believed, Lord, we repent for unbelief. We ask you to purge that from us this morning. And I thank you for Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost carrying people that want to demonstrate your power and your goodness and your joy and your peace. Lord, say this with me. Here am I. Use me. Here am I. Use me. In Jesus' name. Would you give God a shout of praise? You could be seated. I want to say this. The reason why we don't say here I am is because this is not a moment where we've arrived. It's here am I. It's a moment of I'm available. It's, it's a big difference. I believe that this is a year for this church to explode. When you say, what does that mean? 
I'm not just talking about numerically, although I believe God's going to explode this church, Hope Covenant. When I say the Lord's going to explode this church, I believe God's going to explode, explode the people here. He's doing a work in each of you, and you're going to explode and overflow and carry this. We're about, listen, the Lord builds the church. They that labor, labor in vain. I'm not trying to grow an organization. I'm trying to grow people. God will do the rest. Okay? I really believe that. So I believe that God is doing something this year with you, with, with me, with you. And I believe this is our best year. Guys, I want to encourage you with this. I went a little long today. Go out and carry this message to as many people as you can and bring them here next Sunday and let's see what God does. Can I get an amen? Psalms 91, I thank you, Lord, for your protection, your peace, your grace, your mercy over this week. Ordain our steps. Let us encounter people who desperately need to hear the good news of you. In Jesus' name, your power. Amen. You guys are dismissed. I love you. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc, and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.